So I'm looking to my memories, falling into jealousy. How can I miss you? Really, just my enemy. Breaking apart, but I gotta hold my legacy. And I don't wanna die young, I know it's not my destiny. So I'm looking to my memories, falling into jealousy. How can I miss you? Really, just my enemy. Breaking apart, but I gotta hold Welcome, welcome everybody to another beautiful episode of The Halt. And today we have an awesome guest on. It is Shark or The Shark Trader from Twitter. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then we got my my trusty co-host, Ant. Ant, how you doing? Bro, I'm still recovering from that chip, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I don't know if Shark saw that. We ate the world's hottest chip for our last weekend's episode with ghost peppers. <laughs> and scorpion like pepper on it i slept in the bathroom yeah i'll just tell you that the second day was worse than the day that we actually did it oh yeah that's usually how it goes with that kind of thing you know it's uh you know the second the way out can be uh you know yeah that was that might have been worse than going in i was curled into a ball for about four hours the next day yeah (laughs) yeah but Yeah, we want to kind of hop into some news real quickly. And the biggest news on the the web and in America right now is the Hurricane Ida that we have going on down in the south. Um, Have you guys heard anything about it? Do you guys have anyone down there around there? Um, And what do you think like stock wise? What are we looking at? Um, I know a lot of people kind of have their opinions about profiting off of this kind of thing. But like, what do you think about that? Um, What do you think could run? Uh. So I, my people probably don't know this, but, uh, my mom and brother and stepdad, they actually live in Mississippi and they're getting hit rather hard by this. I don't think they've had, they've had, they've been without power the last like three, two, three days, whenever it, it made landfall. Um, but they're okay. Otherwise speaking. Yeah, they're fine. It's just shit ton of rain, pretty heavy winds. Um, but no, they're doing okay. I just... It's it's terrible to see. Like I think I saw New Orleans was out was without power. It's it's yeah yeah. It's no, it's it's uh, it's really tough. Yeah, I um I spent some time in, from high school into college in, in Florida, so I've been through you know some hurricanes and um, especially down in the south. You know when you don't have power either. The other thing is besides obviously flushing the toilet and all those things, it's super hot and it's humid. Yeah. And you know it's really it's really even hard to sleep. You know because you don't have any air conditioning and it's just you know it's just awful. I remember I think it was Francis. It was only a Category Three, which is still relatively strong, not a four. But it just the thing about it was that it, it stayed over us for so long um, that it was able to produce a decent amount of damage, and we were out. Uh, a power for at least or maybe um, you know a week or so and let me tell you when I finally got my hands on uh, a hot food it was like a godsend because yeah. sandwiches get old quick yeah damn that's dude a week I can't imagine a week I know. oh it was horrible it, it was horrible the worst thing I've ever been through was we had like something that they called like a land hurricane some type of like crazy tornado like winds that came through and like knocked like houses down next to me because i'm in the midwest so i don't i don't have hurricanes or anything but like it knocked all the telephone poles in my entire town like people's like stuff got ripped off it wasn't a tornado though it was like tornado like winds but it was the worst storm and we were out of 
power for, I think three days. And I can tell you that three days suck. So I can't imagine anything longer than that. Like I was, it was hot. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't like my water wasn't as cold as it normally was. Like everything was just messed up and it sucked. Yeah. Yeah, I think they were, uh, my mom sent me a thing. It actually like, it's, it was so bad down there that it changed the, the current of the Mississippi river. Oh yeah. I I saw that on the news. Yeah. It flowed backwards or something like that. The the winds and everything was that strong. But, uh, she, uh, she actually lost power this past winter. Um, and I mean, Mississippi or winter's like 50, 60 degrees and they actually got some sleet and they were without power for two weeks because they just weren't prepared for something like that. So God only knows how long they won't have power for, but yeah, she's doing okay. Well, hopefully and, soon. <clears throat> and and obviously the biggest thing is that they're okay, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, physically, so yeah. everything else can be replaced and dealt with. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I don't think we saw much stock wise happen from the hurricane. I know people were talking oil stocks and stuff, but no. Never- yeah. Yeah. This week I had, you know, since I'm mostly in the large cap, uh, you know, arena, I was looking at Zom, you know, Exxon Mobil um, for potential, but I was, it really didn't do anything, you know, and from my small cap days, you know, GBR, uh, GBR, you know, HUSA, um, what's the one with an M, MSEP, yeah, CEI, yeah. that's another one, um, but they, I didn't, you know, I'm kind of disconnected from that, but I didn't really see much from it, so. No, those yeah, in, same here. Those in the generator plays, you see like a pop right when Weeble opens, and then it fades rather quick. So, I mean, if you have Weeble, you can take advantage of that. But then there's the whole controversy of people taking advantage of the disasters and stuff, which I, I think right, people, right, right. I think yeah. people are thinking too much into that aspect of it. But uh, yeah, they yeah, they never trade have any sometimes. Games. Exactly. Yeah. Like there were, I know if anyone's ever seen billions, there was a guy who made a ton of money off, off nine 11. And like, it's, it's one of those things, like it happened. And like, whether your opinion is like strongly for or strongly against, like it happened, the man was trading, the man took advantage of what he had in front of him. That's what we all do most days. Like COVID we take advantage of the COVID plays, even though millions of people are dying and shit from it. But I, uh, I see you guys sipping on, uh, sipping on drinks. What are you guys drinking today? Oh, I, I want Shark to go first on this one. What are you drinking over there, Shark? Uh, I'm doing some uh, some scotch today, some Glenfiddich. So uh, cheers, gentlemen. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, cheers, Nothing man. too special. I think it's the 14 year, but that's uh, still, still, still nice shit. That tastes yeah, that's smooth yeah. and good. I know yeah, t- yeah, yeah. Can't complain. Teddy, I know yeah. you got something special. Yeah, so so as you know, podcast has grown a little bit. We got some companies wanting to send us some stuff. So I'm going to give you guys a quick review. Um, so it's a company called Sesh. And what they do is they make seltzers that are supposed to taste like cocktails. Um, and I was reading through the ingredients because when I first took a first sip of this, I couldn't understand how it wasn't a cocktail. So I was convinced it was like tequila <laughs> and juice and shit. But really, it's stevia and then a seltzer that is flavored to apparently taste like a cocktail and it tastes exactly like a uh, a paloma that is like a grapefruit tequila or grapefruit and vodka um and this one tastes great and the can is absolutely cool too like the can i, was I love expecting that can. yeah i like the design yeah so the paloma is, is is nuts i would probably give that one like a like a nine out of ten and i got a mojito here too there's two other flavors we'll probably do next week um, cause Ant's going to get his package in the mail, but I'm going to try the mojito real quick. Can um, you order it anywhere? I, I'd love to try yeah. it. You can order it online. I know you can order it online. I don't know if they're in, uh, 
They're I in, stores, them in stores. Yeah, I was gonna say. But I know oh, okay. it's pretty pricey. Like for a twelve pack, I think it was thirty thirty five bucks or something like that. Um, compared to other seltzers, I guess. Yeah. But for twelve and for the quality, True. you know, for the oh. taste, I I would rather spend a little bit more than oh. than Dude, you might, something I'm, that tastes artificial exactly. and fake and and. and I'm taking back my statement. I think you might need to order them. This one is better <laughs> than the first one. Mojitos are really even, good. It's I'm got on the it. Mint I'm looking it. it up after this. Ooh, yes, sesh. Um, wow. it tastes exactly like a mojito, man. Absolutely, like this one is a ten out of ten for sure. These are With all the convenience of a can. Exactly. I got the crooked markers. <laughs> Teddy Teddy still has yet to try those. I forget who who uh, told me to try them. Somebody on Twitter, but the crooked markers are really good. Them. Yeah, the flavors are great. But uh, I got once I get those seltzers <laughs> in, I gotta let you know because I love mojitos. Dude, it's dude, it's nuts. I that was the first time I drank it, and it like has the little like the little mint at the end where you're like on a mojito, a good mojito. You're like, okay, like this is pretty good, and then the mint hits, and you're like, oh frick, this is really good. Yeah, yeah, the mint makes it, and, yeah. and yeah. for sure, I'm definitely gonna I'm gonna look it up after this. I'm gonna see if I can get more because summer's on the way out, so this is the time yeah you gotta to, take uh, advantage to get it now. So we'll have yeah. to see if they got express shipping. Yeah. Well, I want to say a quick thank you to Sesh. Um, thanks for sending those. They're they're super good. We're gonna review them again next week because there's a gin and tonic in there, and then another one that I want to try. Oh, no. um, but we have we have a fun little um, just loosen up game here that we like to play a little bit, where we're gonna ask some trivia questions, and it's gonna be one of those things where who can get the closest to the answer because it's gonna be something like well, what's the market cap of this or like a random question that I got off a random question generator. And you can, if you got your, your scotch there, you can take a sip if you lose, which uh -oh. I'm pretty good at this game. So I expect to win all of them, but uh, <laughs> I, don't think you, I don't think you've won any of them. <laughs> hey, shut up. <laughs> don't yeah, tell them that. Know. I'm trying have to intimidate you, Have the man. guests been winning more? Or have you guys been? With, I we haven't done it with a guest. We haven't yet. done it with a guest. Oh, this yet. is the first the time. First oh, okay. Guest. This is the uh, inaugural <laughs> yeah. challenge. Well, geez. Yeah. Are you guys ready for the first question? All right, let's go. Let's hear it. How many kids does Jeff Bezos have? I don't even know he had any kids, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Aunt, what do you What do you got, Ant? You're on the clock. I'm gonna say zero because I didn't zero? Think he had any kids. Okay. I'm gonna what say are, what... two. I'm gonna say two because that's like the. the that's average. the above. <laughs> he is a very generic looking man. Like I. Uh... I'm gonna go two as well. I I, I don't want to get it wrong. I'm gonna go two. Yeah. So so what are we doing here? Does the loser have to take them, or does the the winner not have to take one? Well, if we get a tie, if we're both right, we might have to Rochambeau it. I don't know. That's true. <laughs> I think loser okay. has to take one, right? Unless I gotta hop on the loser. Yeah, the loser has to take one. The one who's furthest away. Let me. I have them in my notes. Wait. So hold on. If there's if he has one kid. Then, then who wins? <laughs> right, yeah. That, that. Rock, do we got to do rock, paper, scissors? I on think the so, yeah. Okay, let me, I have them in my notes real quick because I did not want to cheat because, you know, I'm just a, such a royal gentleman. He has four kids. Ah, so we're all wrong. So wait, so then I <laughs> so, so you're the furthest away though, Aunt. You got to take. Oh, that's, uh, I guess mm, so. All right, well, this is what I'm. Apple, 99 wow. proof. 99 Apple, that is a classy looking uh <laughs> Actually, I got one of those over here too, but I'm not planning to have to drink one. Ooh. Solid. All right. Second question. 
What is the market cap of Ford? We're getting into the stocks. You're a large cap man, so I'm expecting Shark to nail this. Uh -oh. You can go first. Oh, great. I don't have time to cheat. Let's see here. Um, Ford. Are they in the billions? I'm going to say, oh, shoot. I'm going to say, Nine hundred and fifty thousand around there. Nine hundred and fifty million, excuse me. Nine hundred and fifty million. Okay. And well, I'm gonna say one point five billion. Yeah, it's a bit it's tricky. It's a bigger company, but yet the vet yet yeah. it's only like a thirteen dollar stock. Yeah. yeah. So you yeah. know it could be a value play or something like that, you know. <sighs> Oh, I think it's less. I I want to. I don't. I don't know, man. I feel really. I'm gonna feel really stupid if it's more. I'm gonna say like 900 million. Uh, like I could. I could see it being way less because I, I don't. Oh my god! You guys are way uh, we're, off. We're, 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 I just. You guys are way, way off. off. It's 51 way, billion. Way I was gonna say it has to be at least a billion. Dude, no one's gonna take no. our stock advice. No. Everyone's gonna. Wow. Everyone's gonna unfollow. I think you both. Am I the both furthest? Lose. Wait, who? Yeah, who was the who was the furthest? All right. I was the furthest. Well, then that's all, all right. you. I'm gonna take this. I got a vodka. All 50 right. billion. Damn, 50 billion. That's crazy. Well, I guess it is undervalued then because it's a freaking $13 stock. True. Damn, $13. Right, if you compare that, I mean, what you know, I don't know what that is compared to Apple. You got to figure Apple is then what, in the 200 billions? Um, Apple is, holy shit. Woo. Oh, okay, it's smooth. in the trillion, 2.5 trillion. Yeah, that's about Damn. Two and a half trillion. All right, so we just got a market cap game is yeah, yeah, way bigger numbers here. Yeah, I don't look at fundamentals; I don't really care. But so go fifty times what you think. Our market cap game is not solid. All right, this this question I found as a shout out to Ant's name, Ant. How many ants are in the average ant hill? I'll go first on this one. I think there's like a million ants in an ant hill. I feel like there's that gotta at least be a million. Those motherfuckers are everywhere in those things. But you know, here, I mean, it's kind of tricky. Are we talking about an anthill in the Amazon? True. Are we talking about um, your your regular anthill and you know? I, it just says average, so I feel like right, it's like right, some. Right, it's like yeah. the big ones and tiny ones. So it's like right, somewhere in the yeah. middle. So would you say a million? I feel like there's okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna officially change it to nine hundred. Whoa, 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 whoa! You cannot change that. <laughs> Is it legal? Tricks no. Here. No, it's a million still. Okay, a million. I'm cool with the. Million. I'm going eight hundred thousand. Eight hundred thousand. Okay. Because I think right, it's I'm less go than last that. Five hundred thousand. Five hundred thousand. I really hope Teddy's wrong. It's three hundred thousand. <laughs> <laughs> Take another. Still a lot of ants if you think about it. We might have okay. to finish this without you at this rate. Yeah, fuck. I'm gonna be asleep on the couch behind me by the end of this. <laughs> oh boy. All right. This one's pineapple. You told me to get this ninety-nine. Yeah, they're good. Ant, so. I just had the wow. Apple where are you guys finding these uh, these drinks? Though the local look, liquor their, store. Their labeling is very. Oh. oh, you don't I'm like that? A, I'm not a clear liquor kind of guy. <laughs> what, what do you rate that Ooh. one? That was a negative two. Out of, I don't know. Yeah, what was like that? a fucking negative ten? Ooh. This one though was like at least like a four. <laughs> yeah, All right, that gets you in the throat. Yeah. Last one. How many licks to the center of a tootsie pop? 
Ant, you're up first. How many licks? Individual licks? Is yep. there an actual scientific is, answer? Yeah, is there to a this number though? to this? There's the, there's yeah, like the... a I think someone did a study that that had like a certain number. I'm going first. Shit. Um, yeah, you gotta. You're on the spot. Five thousand. Five thousand. Okay. I'm gonna go. go. What do you say, God? Yeah. Five thousand. Uh, Eight hundred. Eight hundred. No way. I don't know, man. You gotta go think with those... uh two thousand. It's a Tootsie Pop. It's like it's thin to the middle because there's a Tootsie roll in there. Yeah, but think eight hundred licks, that's no way. Okay. I got it. Let's see. Three hundred and sixty four. Three hundred and sixty four. Shark. Shark is you. <laughs> You just gotta wait, take a I drink. Said, I you. said, "How many did I say?" I thought I was. I thought I was. I think it was me, dude. Wait, wait, wait. What did you say, Shark? Well, now I forgot. I haven't really eaten dinner, and I'm having this <laughs> <laughs> Um, I said, uh, "What did you say?" Three hundred sixty-four. I, I think he said three hundred sixty-four. I think it's Ant. I think Ant's got. <laughs> All right, I'm already unscrewing the lid. You might as well do it then. I have. I don't know if you can see that. It's Mandarin. Oh shit, that looks pretty oh, good. Oh, there we go. Some absolute. He had gray hobbit. goose on one of the other ones. These got... mini little bottles. <coughs> Hold I up. wanted to try Wait. my Jameson because I've never had Jameson in my entire life, but it was green Whoa. and I got scared. Oh, I think you just down it right now. You never had Jam you never had Jameson? Is it good? Just open I mean, it and down it. Pretty standard. Alright, let me try but it. But still, I mean it's, wait, no, no, wait, since wait. it's so standard, I figure you would ha have that. The Apple one's better. I'm promising. Wait, the that. Jim Beam apple? Yeah, 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 way better. Okay, but I've had that one like, like in drinks before. I've just never tried uh, it by this itself. Is, this is crazy. You guys have a whole collection. If you ever have me back, I'm going to have to stock up. I'll get oh, a fireball. I'll get a you'll be back. You'll be back. <laughs> hey, we the way that we kind of get our guests is we say we want them back for the second season. Because Okay, so we haven't explained this to you yet. The first season, so this is first season, is Beginner Trader. And then and next all real season... season. Yeah, inaugural season. And then second season will be intermediate trader. So we're going to do beginner options with you today. And then we want you back for intermediate options. So sure, like, let's do it. We're going to pop. I'll, I'm gonna be, take I'll, a be, I'll have my, uh, my mini bar stocked up with all sorts <laughs> of uh, goodies. 99 cent apple. See, I've never had Jameson with like when it wasn't mixed in something. So I kind of tastes like piss. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait hold on i have one i have one trivia question <clears throat> okay i don't know the answer to what does elon musk's daughter or son's first name start with what letter x oh yeah i was gonna say it's like uh x or z it's like it's like xc 3 po 2.1 yeah i wouldn't be surprised if it was like four three, hold nine, up so you're both saying x Yes. I'll, I'll say Z, you know, to change it. Oh, shit. Well, I don't know the answer. I'm going with X. Hold on. Let me look it up. Because we talked about this earlier, and we, like, I feel I like it was X, but I can't remember. It's something that sounds like an alien name. Oh, X? Yep, it starts with X. It's what X is it? What? X-A-E-A-12. Okay. Oh. The idea, yes. <laughs> <laughs> what? I think Shark loses that. Yep, uh, there you go, Shark. Yeah, you got, yeah, you got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
right. <laughs> Cheers. I think that's a good segue into. Uh, <clears throat> I wanted to ask you guys, what have you been trading recently? Anything like specific? I know it hasn't been a great time for swings, um, but is there anything that uh, specific you've been trading? Yeah, so I can kind of I can kind of start this one. I'll pull up my my little notebook of what I've been trading on here. So today like I how you got the money there in the back. Keep it's my dollar. I got a, I got a dollar. <laughs> this was from a uh, little story about this. This was from when I worked at a warehouse before I quit and started trading full time. And I keep it like just to piss me off when I look at it. Cause the warehouse fucking sucked, man. I hated that place. Um, that should but, be inspiration for you because that yeah. was, you know, maybe your last dollar that you made there or whatever. And then, you yeah, I found it. I found it like on the, like a shelf there. And I think it was obviously someone's there, but it was like my last day. And I was like, I think I'm going to take this and put it in my phone just so I can like have it. But um, yeah. Anyway. So Shark, you caught me on a good day. I said I only trade options three to four times a, a month. Today I traded options. So I traded Zoom oh, calls there we today. Go. So coming to the dark side. Yeah, exactly. So I I saw Zoom had dropped like an absolute. I think it was like eighteen percent or sixteen percent after oh, the yeah. earnings. Oh, and they got crushed today. Yeah, I figured like at open there would be a bigger dip, and I would take that dip, and then it would kind of pop up. So like the morning flush, kind of like Zach Morris says. So I took, I took zoom calls and I got like 20% out of them, easy money. So that was what I traded today as long as well as RDHL. Um, they had some COVID vaccine or COVID treatment, but with a pill news. Um, and that was pretty well, um, pretty, pretty well executed trade by me. It was like 2%, 3%. And then I took 4%. And then also I've been swinging IMPL, which is they have a Padufa on the 6th and their chart is a complete cup and handle since the beginning of, of their IPO. It's just like a complete, it dipped and then it recovered and then it's just a handle now and they have a Padufa. So it was kind of a no brainer for me. The Padufa is going to cause them to break out of that, that cup and handle and the cup and handle is perfect. There's, there's never been a more textbook cup and handle that I've seen. So I got like 8% out of that today and then it's up like 10%, but I haven't taken profit yet. So I took that 8% profit and I'm waiting for about 15% within the next few days, but that's kind of what I've been trading today. Uh, this is a Tuesday. So those are the three things I traded today. What have you been trading shark? Uh, well, today, um, the price action in, uh, you know, because I'm mostly in the large caps, I'm also paying attention to um, SPY. So today, SPY was in a range. I wasn't really too thrilled with the, the how the markets overall were acting. Um, but we had some good movement in um, some of the growth names. Uh, PLTR made a decent little move today. Uh, my, my biggest trade was uh, Virgin Galactic as PCE. That had a really nice um, upgrade from Jefferies, so I was kind of tagging along on that uh, that PR that catalyst. Um, Snapchat, we got a little piece of Snapchat today, and uh, Fubo also had uh, a sports betting announcement with Iowa, I believe it was. So that's where I'm at, catalyst. baby. Fubo. Yeah. <laughs> so we uh, so that that was a nice mover today as well. Um, I was also watching Disney. Disney had. Uh, uh, news out today that it um, expanded its streaming services into Latin America. So that had a really nice morning push and then kind of turned into a head and shoulders and sold off. But um, but yeah, it was uh, kind of a slow day. I was just happy to close out um, 
the end of the month green. And I'm um, looking forward to September, um, which can historically be a weaker month, um, you know, overall. So I'm interested to see if the seasonality trade plays out or if it's kind of a different nar narrative because, <clears throat> you know, since COVID, the market and, you know, with all the, uh, you know, money printing from j it's kind of been a different market. Uh, one that we haven't seen before, you know, summer is usually slower. This summer has been a bit the same that we've seen, you know, um, typically. However, last summer, if you guys remember, I mean, last summer you could have thrown anything at the wall and, and it was going up. I mean, last was, summer, yeah. was, you know, yeah, it was amazing. Uh, and that was the time to push the gas and to, to really have some fun. So this summer has been a little bit more, um, you know, normal. Um, but, but September, you know, historically can be weaker. So I'm interested to see what September brings. So had a couple of good movers today, but I kind of, I didn't do that much. To be honest. Yeah. Um, I know I took one trade today and it was, I started a CI swing. Um, other than that, yeah. I didn't, I literally didn't do anything. Um, that's but, a good swing though. I like that. The way yeah, it looks. Me and you've been talking. We both like CEI, but besides that, like last week, I traded SPRT and Neuro. Um, we saw uh, SPRT, yeah, SPRT, man, a beautiful move. Yeah, we saw that. But but that I think uh, speaks to something. You know, when the market can be choppy or when you're unsure, you know, I always tell you know my traders that you know less is more. You don't have to be always in a trade. You don't always have to be trading. You can take the day off, and that's good in the sense that it. Uh, helps refresh your mental mindset, gets you away from the market. You go outside, you spend time with family, significant other, whatever. Um, or you take one trade, two trades, and you're done. You know, you don't always need to be in a trade. You don't always need to be trading. The market is always going to be here. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's a lot about, you know, speaks for discipline. Um, and, exactly. Uh, yeah, I think that's, you know, that's good. And that's uh, worthy, you know, uh, pointer yeah I feel, like, I feel like newer traders feel like they always feel the need to they have to trade and i try to preach that to a lot of my followers is like it's the last day of august august and september are historically slow like you really don't have to to make a move like today i didn't do anything i mean i i took yeah a starter in ci but that's it like there was really nothing else that i i like the look of so yeah yeah, yeah. If you don't like anything, if anything doesn't stick out to kind of your gut feeling, once you get a few months in trading, you start to get that gut feeling. If nothing sticks out to that gut feeling um, or just your eye for a technically sound trade, then leave it on the table. Leave it. Watch it. Um, if it goes up, realize, OK, I, did, I didn't take that because my gut didn't tell me to. But also realize if it goes down, be like, I dodged a bullet there. Um, kind of analyze it. But but yeah, you don't need to take a trade all the time. Um you can go for a drive, go to the store, pick up groceries, go for a walk in nature. Just like Shark was saying, go do something. Go go hang out with friends. Go hang out with your girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever you got. Um, yeah, go do something. Enjoy life while the or market is take the is trader slow. nap, the typical trader nap. You know, you <laughs> yeah, we, oh, those yeah. 1 o'clock <laughs> 12 o'clock naps. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh... I, but shark. even if you you know even if you see the trade oh sorry no you're go go um, ahead even if you see the trade 
in, fr- in front of you um, and you don't take it, but it goes in the direction that you anticipated, it's still a learning experience. You can still say, okay, now, you know, I see this setup. So next time that you see that same scenario, you can potentially capitalize. So exactly. even if you don't take the trade and you're watching it and it ends up going, you know, I would say don't feel so bad or beat yourself up about it. You know, take a lesson from it and and then you know add that to your book um of of experience you know because that's huge yeah um all right i think we can head into normally every time we have a guest i like to to ask similar questions shark um and and the first one i always start with is how did you get into trading like did you have a mentor Uh, how did you find out about trading that kind of stuff Sure, sure. Well, it's actually kind of funny because um, I, I, I don't really come. I didn't I never really was interested in money or anything like this too much. You know, probably a lot of the people that have known me for a while probably would laugh or even my younger self would laugh at myself to say, oh, you're trading stocks now. Like, you know, <laughs> who are you kind of thing? <laughs> um, but um, I was working at a startup in uh, in Brooklyn. In, in new york and um this guy from i worked in the back in logistics and shipping and uh the guy came to me he goes yo man you know i downloaded robin hood you should check this out i just made 300 something dollars on this trade you know you, you know and this was uh, right when bitcoin first started maybe really rallying in uh, 2017 or so um and uh i was just like that ah, you know whatever <laughs> You know, I didn't really <clears throat> care about it or anything. And um, and then sometimes after work, uh, as often people do, you might go to a bar for just, you know, an after work drink or whatever. And, um, you know, no one was really available at the time. So I said, oh, whatever. And I was also working kind of in an obscure area of Brooklyn. So no one was really around me. Um, so I just went to a local bar and just got myself a drink. And I just, for whatever reason... I just typed in, you know, because he was trading a penny stock as a lot of people start, you know, and how I started. I just typed in, you know, day trading, you know, or or penny stocks or something like that on YouTube. And um, probably like so many people do, I came across uh, Tim Sykes, you know, everybody's favorite villain. (laughs) (laughs) His old videos, you know. um, I'm Tim Sykes and I turned $500 into $21 million. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> but um so i just started watching it and um and i don't know for whatever reason you know honestly i kind of always in a sense at a certain point in my in my mid-20s like i was in sales actually for at&t corporate for a little bit before that and i kind of always was flirting on a an entrepreneurial mindset i always kind of knew in the back of my head that companies weren't paying me as much as my time was worth and that that whole setup was an uneven balance um and so you know maybe that kind of one i started looking this up and seeing some of the profits and yes of course some of it's marketing and some of it is all that kind of stuff um when i saw the potential um i said oh man you know there's something to this uh, so <clears throat> then after that, I, you know, I opened a Robin hood, you know, put a little bit money and I was, I've always, like I said, I was never into money. Savings was non-existent credit bad, you know, from, from, from you know, student loans and other stuff like that. 
just never really gave a shit more from an artistic came from that kind of background. So didn't put in much, but the market was hot and like so many traders and like I try to warn so many traders, like I was warning them last summer uh, when everything was hot. I just got in, chased, did everything wrong and I was making money and I was like, oh, yeah. wow, this is is easy I, you know i took 500 dollars, took it to a few thousand i'm just like oh this is perfect i followed all the usual suspects back then you know ac slater who is now mullins you know zach and you know i was like oh man i can just buy this and it just goes up and perfect and then you know three months later the market sentiment switched so much like how it did at the summer coming into uh the fall last year and um you know lost everything and then um, after that, um, yeah, I started off in Atlas, but it wasn't Atlas at the time. It was it was Cam's room, uh, Cam the man, and then that room oh, yeah. splintered into Atlas, and uh, learned a lot there. Forever grateful for that. Um, but um, and then after that, started getting into options. You know, started steering away from small caps. I saw the potential returns and options. And we just fell in love with the complexity, the macro perspective, you know, because you also have all the stuff with inflation, spy, the broader market. It's just a whole bigger world. Um, and uh, really fell in love with that complexity and different dynamics and also the ability because short caps are so much harder to short unless you have a, you know, center point or some other brokers. Um, so being able to have the access to play both sides of the market was also eye opening and really awesome to me, you know, and um, I guess it's kind of um, jokerish evil, but it is a lot of fun to play puts. I have to I have to admit and you know what they say, you know, escalator up and uh, elevator down. So if you get on the right side of, um, you know, a short, you know, AKA puts, it, it can be a lot of fun. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I think that's, uh, yeah, a lot of people don't, don't realize that, um, you kind of have to try a little bit of everything before you find out what you, what you really, what your passion is. Like you said, you start out with small caps and then you got into options. So. It's like you're you're gonna go through trial and error, and you're gonna figure out what works for you and what doesn't. But at the end of the yeah, day, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody's journey is different. I don't think that there's one straight line. You know, there certainly are principles and guidelines that all great traders that I know, um, you know, follow. But um, but yeah, and then so actually though, after I got into that, I actually got into the institutional world a bit, and I did work at J.P. Morgan for a little bit, which was really interesting because I got to see how um, how kind of real bigger traders kind of operate, and um, and that was also really um, you know uh, inspiring to see what goes on behind the scenes, you know, because. Obviously, there can there's a lot of manipulation on both sides of the uh, on the tape, and what 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 bigger accounts and big institutions are able to do, and all that yeah. kind of stuff. So it was really cool. All right, Shark. So the last question I have for you is: Did you have like a a certain moment in time during your trading career where you realized like you could do this full time? Um. Well, to be honest with you, no. <laughs> Because uh, almost taking this step, I mean, I, I usually tell people that, you know, maybe they should have 
two years or at least a year of expenses and some emergency expenses saved up before they take this leap. Uh, however, you know, in my opinion, it's kind of almost like getting married, you know, in a sense, because, you know, you have to t- take a leap of faith in yourself and you're never gonna you're never gonna be sure you're never gonna know 100% whether or not you can do it you're gonna be able to make it so obviously you know you have to believe in yourself but um i i just took that step you know in myself and said okay i'm willing to put it on the line and you know risk it for the biscuit i mean you know i and i i did it you know not with a lot of savings but i was confident in myself i i don't advise that because a lot of times i was sweating you know can i make this payment can i do this can i do that um but at the end of the day um it, it can be worth it i think that a lot of times it is glamorized being a full-time trader um but it it's it's hard it's the hardest job out you know one of the hardest jobs out there it is um, hard yeah. so you know it's it it takes a leap of faith for sure so i don't think that there's ever um you know there was never an aha moment for me i kind of it reminds me very much of i don't know if you guys have seen um the last um indiana jones um, I think I last, saw it. Yeah. Well, there's at the end of at the one of the challenges he has to face at the end to get to the Holy Grail is there is a um, a huge crevasse, basically a huge you know gap in, in in the stone walls that he has to cross to be able to make it into the room that has the Holy Grail in it, and there is no bridge. There's nothing in front of. So basically the test is, do you take that step or do you not take that step? And it's a question of faith in a sense, you know, and he takes the step and then it shows that they're in, a, in, in the 80s CG, it shows that there's actually an invisible bridge there, you know, and it is that leap of faith. But if you want to do it the safe way, you know, I always say have two years, have some decent amount of savings. Um, you know, because it's not consistent. There's a lot of up and downs. There's a lot of pressure. If you go in with no money thinking, oh, if I don't trade well this month, I can't pay rent. You're going to start trading your P&L. You're going to start trading emotionally. You're not going to be in the right mindset to make um, the right trading decisions. So, you know, trading is hard enough as it is. So why put yourself in with that extra pressure, you know? Um, which, you know, I kind of did, but it's just not really advisable. Yeah. Um, So I think as everyone knows by the title, this is an options episode for the options beginners and people who want to kind of get the, the lowdown on options. And Ant and I are not options guys. So we brought on a, a options, an options guy in shark who knows what the fuck he's talking about. Yeah. So, so, uh, so we're going to give the floor to him to give you guys a beginner overview of options. I'll kind of, okay. So I trade options about three to four times a week or month, like I said, so I'll kind of give you guys maybe a a comment here or there, but I want to give shark 
the main section of this to just talk what he thinks a beginner in options should know and a beginner in options should should follow the rules um so shark the the kind of the floor is yours give them what you want tell them what you think is is necessary and and so so go ahead my man Sure, sure. And if you guys have, I mean, since you guys are, you know, like you said, you you have something, you know, a, a very small experience or if, and if you have any questions, because basically that might be you, you know, listening to this podcast on the other side. If you have any questions, you can certainly, you know, chime in some. But uh, a few things that I think are the most um, important are that, um, you know, one of them mostly is, you know, first you need to un- obviously understand a basic understanding of, of the Greeks. And at first that's really intimidating to a lot of people. I remember when one of my good friends, a great trader, Bearfucker from, from Atlas started telling me about options, you know, oh, you should learn about this. And I said, oh, the Greeks, what is this? You know, Delta, Vega, you know, Gamma, oh my God, you know, uh, it was very intimidating and kind of turned me off to it. Um, but they really aren't that complicated. And there's many, if you just type in the Greeks, there's many and in Google and you press images, there's many, uh, you know, pictures there that just gives you a really simplified breakdown. Um, the ones that I really paid the most attention to, and they all have their worth, you know, they're, um, they're, uh, they're all valuable for different types of strategies, but I'm, I'm talking about a very basic, you know, directional type of trade, you know, buy calls, buy puts kind of situation. I'm not talking about spreads or, you know, um, iron butterflies or anything like that. But, um, but I'm mostly looking at the volume, you know, on the day you want to have a liquid, you know, a well-traded option. Um, I'm looking at the Delta and that is, you know, how much money you're making per dollar move, you know, so I'm always looking for the highest Delta possible. Um, And uh, Theta, uh, which is how much time decay you're getting on your, you're incurring on your option because the second you buy an option, it's basically like driving a new car off the lot. It's a depreciating asset. So you want to know how much you're losing per day because you could lose a, you know, Tesla is one that's like crazy. You can lose a dollar 35 per day on your contracts. Um, if, if the stock doesn't move in your direction and, you know, and that can be a real burner on your, on your premium. Um, and the IV also too, which is not technically a Greek, but very, um, very uh, important because the higher the IV on your option is basically like an artificial pump market makers. If you have a high IV, um, basically uh, implied volatility is what that means. Um, your options contract will be higher because of this artificial IV pump. Um, And um, what can happen if a stock stagnates or goes sideways is that the market makers will start to take down that IV and your contract premium, whatever you bought it for, say you bought it for a dollar, the contract, which is a hundred dollars, will just start to decrease out of nowhere. Um, so that, that is what, you know, they call the IV crush. And that's why, especially I don't like trading options on, uh, on earnings. And I think that's another thing that new options traders can do. All I have to do is they're, they're going to have a great options. Uh, they're going to have a great earnings report. It's going to go up and then you buy the option, but you don't realize that the market makers are in a, in ahead of the earnings report, putting in this artificial IV pump on the option. 
the next time the stock goes up, but it only goes up 4%. The option, might the market makers might have priced in a move of 6%. Well, it didn't make that. So what are they going to do? They drop the IV and your options gets completely crushed by the, uh, yeah. And um, yeah, you really can get hurt on that. So number one, you know, learn, learn the Greeks. Those are the ones that I feel like are the most important. The other ones, again, can't, you know, are important. They have their, um, they have their, um, you know, they are valuable to know, especially in other types of strategies. Um, but yeah, the Delta, the IV, the data are really the one and the volume are really the ones that I pay uh, the most attention to. Um, other than that, um, another thing that I think, especially with the Wall Street bets and even with FinTwit to a uh, degree can, um, can feed into this is picking options that are way far out of the money. You know, oh, I just got $900 Tesla calls, um, you know, and now I've made $50,000 or something like this. Uh, when you're getting these way far out of the money um, contracts, it is just a gamble. Your delta is shit. And if the stock moves against you, you're going to get hit even harder and your the losses will be even bigger. So the other thing is don't get, um, you know, it's always better. I always play either at the money or in the money um, calls or puts. Uh, those are the safest. So don't get lured in by these huge gambling bets that you see online. Um, so you know. just a quick, just a quick thing. So like when we're talking at the money or in the money, we're talking if a stock is at a hundred dollars, you're playing an option where the strike price is like at a hundred or at like 95, correct? Just so everyone exactly. knows. Cause yeah. like if I'm, yeah, if I'm buying like a hundred dollar call when the stock is at 80, it's, it's out of the money. So it's, it's a little harder, I think is what he's saying. Um, exactly. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and uh, yeah, so yeah, in the money would be, um, you know, further back, you know, if it's a hundred, then it would be, you know, 99 or 95 or whatever. And then at the money would be a hundred um, and something like that. So uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, the other thing to keep in mind and what is useful is knowing each stock's kind of ATR average true range, you know, um, a good example of this or a good comparison of this would be, you know, Apple versus say a growth stock like uh, SPC, which, you know, I traded today or, or Fubo. Um, Apple, a big day for Apple is a 3% gain, a 4% gain. That's a big move for Apple. Whereas uh, Fubo or PLTR or Virgin Galactic, a big day for them could be 8%, 7%, 12%. So if you're picking an out of the money option, understand the personality, the way, you know, the stock moves, because you don't want to be trading Apple at, um, you know, when it's $150, you don't want to be picking the 160 or the 165 calls because the stock just doesn't move like that. And you're really putting yourself at a disadvantage. Um, you know, that's the a, only that's time a really good point, like, yeah. Like if you know, yeah, exactly. I never thought about that before. So if I know Zoom moves from like 290 to 310 constantly, which it doesn't, but if I knew it did that and I thought it was going to break out of that to like um, 299 to 300 range, I knew it had room to move to like 310, blah, 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 blah. But if, if I was betting against that, say it was at like 305, 307 
and I wanted to bet that it was going to make a make a move upwards. I know that it moves to 310 and then moves back down. Like that's a great point that you just made that don't bet against that that daily range that it has whatever it is. Um Yeah. That yeah, that's a great point. So uh that kind of helps me understand a little more of how people scalp options because I know a lot of people scalp like Tesla like that um because Tesla moves pretty well they take those like 1% moves and an options move will be quite a bit more than that. So they'll take that 1% move off Tesla and scalp it. Um, but that, that, that's perfect actually, because I was, I was kind of figuring out how people scalp large caps options like that. Um, how do you kind of screen to determine which, which stocks you want to maybe take an options play on during the, the beginning to the, the middle of the day? Like, how do you kind of determine what's a good setup versus a bad setup options wise for a that's, large cap? That's a great question, actually. Sure. Um, well, definitely, you know, I'm, I'm just like small caps, they're still looking for a catalyst, you know? So if it has initials, something, you know, a, a news event or, or an upgrade or something like that, um, it's definitely going to put it on my radar, um, you know, throughout the day. And then, um, and then after that, I mean, I think after, you know, I have to say also experience, you know, uh, after, uh, trading for a while, you're going to get to know how some stocks act throughout the day. Um, some might flag and then uh, break down only to curl up later in the day and make a new high. Um, you know, so understanding how stocks also, how each individual stock might move uh, also gives me a bit of an insight onto, you know, what to trade. But yeah, I mean, just like small caps, I'm looking at um, catalysts. I'm looking at sectors, which is a little bit different because um uh, small caps aren't influenced by the overall market sector uh, rotations or strength or weakness quite as much. Um, but I'm also looking at sector strength. You know, if tech is strong, I might have more, you know, tech names. If semis are strong, I'm looking, you know, at the SMH, which is the, the, um, the semiconductor index. And then I'm looking, of course, at TSM, uh, NVIDIA, AMD. Um, if uh, banks are strong, I'm looking at XLF, which is the ETF for that. Um, and then obviously I'll look at Wells Fargo, JPM, Bank of America, um, things like that. So I'm looking at sector strength. I'm looking at, uh, the market overall, of course, if spy is looking weaker or the tape feels heavy, you know, I might be middle, uh, more inclined to look at the, the, um, the stocks that are weaker on the day. Uh, if the market is strong, I'm going to be looking at the strongest stocks of the day. If it's a choppy day. You know, I might just only focus on catalysts like today. Spy was trading in a very uh, tight range. So I was more focused on um, plays that had catalysts that might make them relatively strong or weak versus the market. Yeah, no, man, that, that makes complete sense. Um, I guess another question I have is, is when you are thinking about swinging an options play, um, how do you let that kind of set up for, for say a beginner trader? Like if I'm thinking about, so I think, I think Tesla, like I think EVs are going to get a run. Um, like this is my mindset. I think EVs are going to get a run here within the next few weeks, which I don't. So, so don't go trading this. If you're watching this, um, <laughs> if I was, if I were to think that and I'm thinking, okay, so if I think EVs are going to grow, I obviously think Tesla is going to make a move. Um, 
and you're an options trader thinking about that, how are you going to go about swinging that? Like kind of what, what range of, of in the money, we already talked about that in the money or at the money is the right way to go for that. But in the money, um, at the money, how far out are we looking? What kind of, um, Greeks are we looking at for that? I guess is the question I have. Um, well, I would, I mean, you know, obviously it's hard to anticipate that for sure. Um, but I might go through my list. If you thought it was EVs that might get a, you know, a pump, I'm going to look at my EV list, you know, Neo, Tesla, S-Pang, LI, you know, some of the Chinese names, um, in that sector. Um, and then I might, you know, I always start with the daily chart for swings. So I'm going to look at the, the daily and kind of see which one I feel like has the best setup overall. Yes, they might all get a, a pop or a run if, if the, the thesis is correct. However, I still want to put even more of an edge in my trade and find the one that is either right at a nice support, nice volume shelf, whatever kind of analysis you're using to find a, you know, where a stock might be might be a good entry at. Um, the other thing is I would be definitely giving myself enough time on the trade, going to the Greek, you know, the theta time decay, um, you know, because uh, it might move in three days, it might move in a week, you know, but if you pick weekly contracts, your theta is going to be working against you. So you're not going to have enough time to see the play come to uh, fruition before your, your theta burn, your, your, your options start depreciating at a quicker rate, um, you, you know, uh, to take place. So, you know, when it comes to swings, I only like swinging monthly contracts because, you know, they are safer. I do see some traders online and on Twitter swing weeklies. And yes, they can give a better return, but the risk um, on weeklies is, is not worth it to me. Uh, so I like to stick to the monthlies. They usually have more volume. They're a little bit more stable. Um, and then I give, make sure I just, like I said, give myself enough time. So um, I'll either play yeah. a month out or two months out if you can afford it. Of course, with that time, if you're playing two months out, you're going to be paying a higher premium, a higher cost per your options contract because you're getting that safety. You know, so you're also yeah. paying for that safety as well. Um, so uh, I also might look at the OI, you know, the open interest on a, on a uh, particular options contract and say, oh, you know, um, you know, the, the Tesla call, the Tesla, you know, 750 calls have a, a 50,000 OI. That means that 50,000 people have an open position on this trade. Now, again, I don't base a trade just off of open interest because there could be 50,000 idiots out there <laughs> you know as well but you use it as another tool uh, another piece of the puzzle to inform you know to make an inf the most informed decision that you can make for yourself so i don't make a decision just based on that but um it's something that's worth noting yeah um so when you say weekly and monthly for everyone who's who's listening, weekly means something like an option that ends within this this week that we're trading. So 
we're, this is this is 831. This is August 31st. Um, the trading day is over. You're talking an option that ends at the end of this week, correct? And then right. monthly would mean something that ends at the end of this week or this month, I mean. Um, exactly, exactly. Like a monthly, uh, excuse me, like a weekly contract um, for anything this week would be, you know, uh, September 3rd, which is a Friday. And then the monthly call would be the 17th, I believe. Let me see. Yeah, the seventeenth because I have some of those. Beautiful. So yes. yeah, that so, would be the difference, and you should be able to see that on your broker. It might say um, M or W next to it. Um, yeah, that differentiates. Great. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, just to kind of TLDR or summarize what he's saying, um, if you're looking to swing, look towards monthly. We see all those those crazy option gains on weekly, um, like weekly trades on Twitter, we see all the people who are, are tweeting about their, their thousand percent gainers. But what we want to do is we want to mitigate risk. And I, I preach that pretty much every single week. We want to mitigate risk. We want to kind of keep you guys getting those five to 10%. And if your options, it might be more, it might be, it might be 20%, 50%. But those are, those are on monthlies and those are on scalps for weeklies, but, but we don't want to swing those weeklies, those weeklies. I know that personally i scalp the weekly sometimes like that zoom um play i had today was a scalp on the weekly but we don't want to swing those like like shark was saying those those weeklies can go down as quickly as they can go up even quicker most likely so we want to look further out we want to look a month away um and and swing those if we think tesla is going to have a move if we think evs are going to have a move look at neo contracts um that are monthlies where we have some time we have some some favorable greeks at the moment but but those those weeklies um yeah they're volatile they can make big moves we can get 100 we can get 200 today we can get 200 within the next like i don't know hour hour and a half if it's in the middle of the trading day but also you can go minus 85 percent minus 90 percent just as quickly um one big knife on on a five minute chart on that will will send you packing it'll send your your account packing (laughs) to be completely honest um so so yeah just like scalping um if you're scalping commons on a penny stock you know how quickly things can knife things can go from looking like they're going to to moon um to think to looking like things are going to zero within 20 minutes you know so so just keep that that risk um consideration in your mind just like shark was saying um look at the monthlies if you want to swing if you think something's going to move look at the monthlies i'm going to preach that because because i know that that's important uh think about the risk um the risk profile is what's most important in this moment. Options are, are extremely mm-hmm. profitable and they're extremely risky as well. But if you're going to take a, a kind of approach like Shark is taking, then then look at those monthlies and you're likely to be to be less risky than if you're looking at the weeklies. Um, if there's yeah. one thing you could take away, do that. Um, but yeah, I think I think options are a great way to kind of play large caps because small caps the the scalping on them is a little more up down up down um which is good for scalping but it's also it's also hard to determine when there's going to be a knife and when there's going to be a a 
boner candle, as I love to to say, but <laughs> large caps, you can kind of determine if I know that it's trading from, just like he said, if I know it's trading from $100 to $105 a day, I know that $100 is likely to bounce, $105 is likely to knife. So, you know a little more. So, so yeah, take everything he said to an account, uh, monthlies, and take those ranges into account. That's kind of what I have to say about on that. Yeah, and just to dovetail off that, um, the two other points that I, I wanted to bring up. Yeah, personally, I mean, I have a little bit more experience, so I do day trade the weeklies, and those you know are can be pretty profitable. Um, but two things for new traders: if you aren't comfortable day trading the weeklies, you can still day trade the monthlies. There's nothing wrong with that. The percentage gains are going to be a little smaller, but they are um, they are safer. You have a little bit more time. Uh, and the other thing is, as you're getting into options, I think the biggest thing is um, that is also different is that you don't need to put in as much capital um, as within common shares to get a really nice return. So I would also really suggest to new options traders as they learn, if you want to start you know, day trading them, you can start with the monthlies. And also, you don't need to put in a little, you don't need to put in that much capital. Get used to how they move um and go small you paper trade them if you need to that's not you know that that also gives you experience because it was a big shocker to me um being in uh an option and it was a part of my kind of my learning curve of getting used to the risk management of options you could be down 30 percent on a trade and this trade is still valid on an op on an options trade whereas before my old rules uh, on a um on a commons play, if I was down 8% or 10%, I was out of it. You know, I was yeah. done. And, um, and so, um, there's nothing wrong with like trading in the simulator. Like I said, day trading the, uh, monthlies, which are safer and just going small, you know, you don't need to put in a lot of capital, get used to it. One contract, two contracts, depending on your portfolio size, but don't go in there. Uh, a new options trader dropping $5,000, you know, in your 10K account or your 12K account uh, on an options trade because you're going to, yeah, it's just, it's a recipe for disaster. So, you know, just like Teddy said, mitigating the risk, um, protecting your capital that you worked for is really the most important thing as you learn um, yeah. and go through the journey. I got something to say about that. So, so those Zoom calls I was taking today, um, like I said, I don't take a lot of, I don't take a lot of, um, options plays, but, oh, but he will, I, he will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah shark is shark is going to get me. So <laughs> he's going to take me to the dark side. So I kind of want to just go over that really quickly. So the, the zoom calls I was taking today, there are weeklies and on average, when I take scalps, so this was, this was a, a scalp. I planned it to be a scalp. I knew that it was going to be a day trade. And on average, when I take commons on a day trade, three or 4% um, is often where I look at either averaging down or taking a stop loss hit. Like I just take, a, I think about taking a hit there, um, 4%. And then if I average down, um, then I think about another, a few percent I give it to go down. And then I'm thinking about selling completely, but this option um i bought in at eight like 50 and then it was all of a sudden at 720 
And I was down a complete over 10%. And I was thinking like, what the fuck is this? Like, man, like I don't, I don't do this very often. And then I had to think, okay, it's an option. So like, I'm down quite a bit. Um, like I'm okay. I'm fine. And then all of a sudden I look at it and it's negative 20%. And I got like five or eight grand in this. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, what the hell is this? this is where, <laughs> I don't see this very often when I'm, when I'm scalping small, small caps. But then I was like, okay, it's an option. And then all of a sudden it climbs up and we're back at even and it climbs back up and we're, we're up 10% and then it climbs even further and we're up 15 and then 20%. And I take that profit at 20%. I was like, okay, we're done. Um, so yeah, anyone, anyone who's thinking about options, just, just remember that just like shark said, it can be down 20, 30%. Um, it can be down 15. It can be down 50. It can be down whatever it is. And there's a chance it comes back to hundred percent, 150%. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it's a different time frame. It's a different kind of track than what you're used to, which is exactly what I realized today. I was down, I think it was at the most 22 or 23%. It was down. And then all of a sudden, bam, I was up 20 and I was up a pretty good amount of money and I was out and I'd made my, my, my gains for the day. So it can come, it can come as quick as it can go. So remember that, that that's kind of the, um, the thing he was just saying is it can come, it can go, but remember that you need to just realize that, that, even if large caps move slowly, these options are going to move pretty quickly and you can make quite a bit of money on them, which for me was, was great today. I got to go and I had some, I had a burger and I had some fries and I had a milkshake because I had, I had this, that this was your reward. <laughs> yeah. My options play that went down a bunch of money and then went up a bunch of money. I was like, all right, Man, that stress that I just had over the last 30 minutes, I'm going to go have a milkshake and some some burgers. Was it Five Guys? No, it wasn't, man. It was something oh, wow. called Freddy's in my town. But I wish it was Five Guys. Five Guys is pretty pretty fucking good. Uh, <laughs> I, missed, I missed the burgers. I've been kind of cutting out a lot of the meat in my diet. Uh, you know, actually, uh, funny to say as a shark, of course. So but, have uh, I been, man. Yeah. So have I. I've been doing the same thing, man, because because like some some economical, not economical, but like climate issues. I've been thinking that maybe maybe I need to cut some some meat out. So I've been doing. Yeah. The same thing. Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of benefits uh, to it. And, it. and it's really funny because I I love steak. I mean, I, I like on my Twitter, I'm always like usually posting like my steak dinners that I used to have all the time. And uh, I've made a lot of changes to my diet over the last uh, two months or so. And um, it's been a really interesting journey. Um, but uh, beneficial, I'd have to say, uh, overall in a lot of aspects. Um, uh, but I miss, yeah, I miss that. Do you notice a big difference? For sure. Like in, uh, yeah, in the way actually, you feel and I, stuff? Yeah, yeah, I totally do. You know, I uh, was really eating quite bad and quite kind of uh, decadent, I guess, as you could say, just, you know, steak and, you know, Italian, you know, heavy, heavy dishes and stuff like that. But um, as I changed um, my diet, I, I kind of feel almost a bit of more um, clarity in my mind. I'm not as weighed down and as heavy. And, it, you know, it, again, it kind of almost going back to where I came from, even trading stocks, not thinking that I would ever be saying this, you know, 
being older, you know, because I was never a salad guy, never a vegetable, you know, meat and potatoes <laughs> and that's it. And, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's actually been really, really good. And, um, besides the environmental and the health aspects, I didn't expect kind of the mental aspect of just eating cleaner and having more of this, uh, mental sharpness, you know, which also yep. benefits throughout my trading. It's funny because, I don't think anybody knows this outside of like my friends or anything, family maybe, but uh, I was vegetarian for two years and like it was the best I ever felt, honestly. Yeah. Um, I I can't live without like pasta and carbs and stuff, so I thought vegetarian. You know, but you was can get you can get uh, what I've been doing for pasta. They have a rice pasta. Yeah. They they have different types of pot that you can get, and then you know, I, honestly, I've been making like, um, sauces with Alfredo, like Alfredo sauce, but with cashews. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty good. I mean, it's not regular, but it's, yeah. it, it, it's close. And then trust me, I'm, I'm a picky eater. I love all the bad stuff. And, you yeah. know, like I said, I feel crazy saying it or promoting it because it's like, yeah. you know, not me, but I mean, I, I'm very, it's, you know, surprised. And I wouldn't say it wasn't good if it wasn't because I'm, you know, a total yeah. wimp when it comes to that stuff. I can, I can honestly attest to that. Cause, cause my girl was vegetarian and vegan for, for years. And when she came into my life, I was like, what are you talking about? These whole like <laughs> vegetarian burgers? Like what do you yeah, mean? Yeah. I and say, then yeah. she like pulls them out of the freezer and she's like, okay, just have one, put some mayonnaise and some, some ketchup on it. And I tried it and like they're vegetarian and I tried it and I was like, what is this? And then all of a sudden it was like, it tasted good. It was like, it tasted flame broiled. It tasted like it was on a grill. And I was like, okay, whatever. Like I'm going to, this first time I'm going to act like it wasn't very good. And then like, <laughs> the second time I had it, I was like, all right, I can't deny it. It's pretty good. And then like since then I've been, I've been eating them. I eat them. And then after a while I was like, okay, well, if I can eat this, then like, why can't I just try to be vegetarian for a little while? And I didn't eat chicken, didn't eat. Cause I, I don't eat a lot of red meat. I eat chicken more, more than anything for protein and stuff. And I, I didn't eat any chicken or anything. And all of a sudden I was feeling better. And then I was feeling like more clean and more kind of just like, my my energy was up midday because midday kind of is when my energy goes down and then i have another kind of coffee or green tea or whatever i'm drinking and all of a sudden my energy was up all day and you mean another I, 99 apples well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <True>. another 99 <laughs> apples <laughs> yeah but but for real my energy was up and i was i was kind of just like flabbergasted i was like okay like this is this is weird. And then I realized it's because I've been I've been vegetarian and I haven't been and I don't know what it was, but I hadn't been eating as heavy. I hadn't been eating all the, the red meats. So say yeah. what you want to say. But for me, it was it was that transition to the the vegetarian side of things that caused. Me uh, to have yeah, more. I almost feel like a traitor, you know, to my steak love and shark <laughs> you know, love to say this kind of stuff. But yeah, I, I just I have to I have to admit it and have to kind of support it at this point yeah, yeah for it's real. funny something to touch on that quick is uh <clears throat> i actually do uh power competitions and uh when i'm like trying to gain weight is like honestly when i feel the worst when i like cut back my diet and i'm eating pretty clean because for competitions you want to you want to cut to as 
little weight as you can. Um, that's when I feel the best. So, and that's what it was when I was vegetarian. My problem was I wasn't getting enough protein. Yeah. Like you can do the, you can do the protein shakes and all that. And honestly, I started to feel like shit cause I just wasn't getting enough protein in me. But I mean, I can live without meat, carbs and stuff. I don't think I can, I, I couldn't do the vegetarian <laughs> aspect of it, but. I know I can't go vegan. I still love no, that cheese. I can never do cheese that. is just so good. You know, I'm just yeah. trying to limit it. You know, I, yeah. I have my cheat day too. I have my my Saturday night. You know, you can eat whatever you want, but uh, it's all about balance. You know. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I mean, for for me too. I I did a lot of in wrestling in high school. Man, I cut a ton of weight. Like I was coming out of coming out of football. I was like 190 pounds, and I wrestled 152. So I mean, that's 38 pounds that I had to get off. But but yeah, vegan and vegetarian was kind of the way I went. I went kind of away from those dairy and away from the, the red meats. And that, that really helped me to kind of get to that, that better way and just kind of feel better. Like it had you feeling better, which was something that I wanted to deny during the time. Like I was like, I was okay. I don't feel, I don't feel any better, but during the time you felt a ton better when you didn't have all that kind of that, that fluff yeah. and that kind of stuff. Falling in the jealousy.